And Gibby, The Frangie Show, starts now on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Hey, welcome in. Guys, along for the ride as we continue our coverage from what is still a dry stadium course. I thought by now we might have the rain. It was ominous. Let's go to the chief meteorologist. Can I use the word ominous? I think, well, yeah, ominous right? is more for thunderstorms. Oh, well, with, there you go. With rain, I think we just say it's about to get wet. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> starting I around. I didn't know you know the meteorology words. Yeah. Words are about to get wet. Yeah, okay. starting right. around, uh, I yeah. would say, the next 30 minutes, we're just going to have some light rain, but I don't think it will prevent them from finishing the next few hours, although we just saw Jared Rice. Yeah. He said they're going to talk to the competition committee. But hopefully, it's, it's literally just rain. Yeah, I think I think the, what, the, what the thing, Hayes, the rules committee, is going to they think the heavy stuff's going to come about six tonight. I think Jared was telling us. So um, maybe we don't lose much play today, which would be the goal. Yeah, and, and Jared didn't seem the least bit concerned, which is the biggest thing. You all could right. tell that uh, you know he was very loose, uh, not at all tense, uh, like uh, like obviously last year, right? Uh, right. Forced. So uh, you know, I, I think Jared's relaxed, and uh, if Jared's relaxed, I would imagine that whatever this is is going to be a minor speed bump. Tomorrow and Sunday are going to be fantastic. So they that's really the key. Are. I mean, they're and, and they were never going to finish this round anyway. They didn't finish yesterday, and they right. had perfect weather. There's right. just exactly. not a, there's not enough sunlight right. to get this field through. Uh, so you are always going to have a little bit of a spillover uh, into Saturday. It just may be a little bit more if uh, if they've got to stop things at six. But uh, but it, you know, it, it, at this point, I think from a from a condition standpoint. Now being out there on the course, you know, you're, you're getting more unpredictable wins, and that's what I think is going to be interesting to see because the course is playing tough today. The morning, yeah, the morning group as a collective did not get, gain a lot of ground right. at all. And you would expect that they would. But the weather, one thing about March, that's the theme. The theme now mm-hmm. is you don't know what you're getting in March. And so you did. So I turn up Gibby's mic right here. Because my man Gibby can't get a break. He, listen, he comes out of Boone, North Carolina, a little shortstop there, the Murphy High Redbirds. Doesn't complain much. Just goes to work and does his job. He's a blue-collar guy. That's right. You know, well, just a blue-collar guy. Pick, made, made, this is about the third time in a row he's made the right pick. Bro, you can, let, me ask you, let me ask you a question. <laughs> Did you do anything bad to somebody we don't know about? There's a hex on me somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Poor God bless his soul. He, uh, he picks the, by obviously the right pick. Uh, the number one player in the world. The number one player who's playing great. He's won three times this year. If if, if Gibby wants to fight John Rom, I got his back on this. I, I don't. So I blame him. so Gibby asked me. He said, "What is the rule?" But we did agree that if a guy d- dqs or pulls out, you lose. We and said if Gib- it was COVID I before was COVID. the tournament ever yeah. started, then you get a pass. Right. But That's if right. It's but anything, anything else, else, yeah. yeah. So. Here's the only thing that that I would say to that is, uh, and it's it's obviously it's settled, but. Whenever we're ready to have the conversation, yeah. I have a suggestion if we're ever in this again. Okay. Oh, I have plenty of suggestions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know what, Gibby? I hear you, brother. Well, I hear you. Go ahead, Hayes. What were you going to say? So I, I was going to say this. Like, so the news comes out around like 1230. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you know, so, so Gibby's out. But at the time, so Rom's one under. Right. So he's in a pretty good spot. Yeah. And uh, so my thinking was, uh, you know, like in the future, if this were to happen again, 
there were like six players at one under that had yet to right. tee off. And so I'm wondering like in the no, future. No, I don't think so. I'm just kidding. I'm, okay. I'm kidding because yeah. I benefited from Finish. it. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. and so I, I, and I'm not talking about this one settled. Because yeah. yeah. this would be like for future Loser Mondays. Yeah. Because it does, it takes away the drama. It's no fun, and it's, it's no, no fun. fun. Yeah, like and now, give, and give, and give well, nobody me. says yeah. it's settled. Yeah. We can decide right now to change it. <laughs> right? We're, who, who's the rules committee? Well, We're it, here. Yeah, but well, um, well now everybody's off. That's the yeah, problem. Yeah. But like, but had it like had we had it, and when yeah. Gibby saw it, there he, should, there he should could be. have just texted. If I'm saying, if we're ever in this again, mm-hmm. then do we want to put something in where I? Well, you, here's what you should have to do. It, it's not another one under guy. That's not fair. What it probably would be is, but that's the score that his guy had. Yeah, but that's but that's okay. that that it's not. It wouldn't be a guy he picked. I would say, pick someone who's worse than the worst of ours, and that gives him back in the game. Okay. Yeah. I, I would I would say that would at least give you a chance. I, I would I would say to me I would say if your guy DQs, you get the score they had when they DQ. So Rom is one under. That's what you got. If he doesn't make the cut at one under, then you lose. Or if you're the lowest guy at one, if you're the, I mean the highest I guy. That. I mean, I mean, I mean, that's I, what I feel like is yeah, fair because yeah, we be, may not have the situation. It'd be hard again. to do it now because we had the rule in right, place. But right. I, but I, but I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. We so. could also pick two golfers when yeah. we pick, right. and the second golfer takes the place of the one that DQ. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, so we'll. But anyway, bottom line is, Gibby can't get. Gibby deserves no I more lost bad luck. Four in a row, three in a row. <laughs> you know what? Well, three in a row with pretty good picks. Right. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not like you made one of these bad picks and we said, Gibby, that was dumb. Yeah, that was a dumb pick. You deserve to lose that. So uh, anyway, so that lose the bad part is I don't I don't like any of y'all. So I don't care which one of y'all lose. But the drama's gone. Right. The drama. The drama. Because we could have really. I mean, it would have been if let's where, say where is if Rom was still in. Where is everybody? At? And let's say he was at one under. Okay. Then what did Justin Thomas finish at? Two over. Two over, and Rory is at f- came into today yeah. at four over. Correct. Yeah. So we'd be kind of monitoring all show, which would have been a lot of fun. Yeah. Like. How is Rory doing? Again, assuming Rom didn't collapse, right? Then it w- it, it looked like it was going to be would would Rory, Rory shoot Rory's at six over through seven? Okay, maybe. so there wouldn't have been a lot of drama, right? Yeah. Right. Okay, that's so Rory's at six over. There'd have been there'd have been no drama unless Chris Reimer wants to just step up and say, you know what, my guy's six over, I should lose. Now, you know what, I'll give Reimer the opportunity to say that. Is that fair? I'll give yeah. Reimer the opportunity. I'm let's, not going to make him. I'm not going to make him lose. Let's do it. We'll but, ask but, we'll ask Reimer to decide. But, but, but Gibby made a good point. In fair in fairness to Gibby here. Rory wasn't coming back to beat Rom. He re- he really wasn't. So, but, but I mean, I'm not going to yeah. determine that. But I'm telling right. you, uh, we all know he wasn't coming. It was it was it wasn't like he was chasing some hamburger. Right. A guy seven shots back to the best player in the world probably wasn't yeah. catching him. So, well, anyway, at so some we'll, point, we'll I would I would say at some point before the Masters. Yeah, we'll figure. We it. need to come up with. We'll have a plan. A way to get around. Well, here's the problem. I, it's going to happen to me, and it'll never happen again. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's going to happen. You know that. Uh, the, uh, I just want to uh, know Lauren and, and Chris's whereabouts because yeah. they better have an airtight yeah. alibi yeah. because <laughs> exactly John right. Rom and and the Spanish ambassador that it's launched a full scale investigation. Yeah, no, this, well, Reimer's the one. It's bad that if pizza was. Yeah. Delivered is, to the Roms yeah, last night is, by a man and a woman, well, well, and their physical is, descriptions match Lauren is, Brooks. Is, as bad as Lauren's pick was, Reimer's pick was going to lose. Okay, so Reimer, I, I think Reimer's the culprit. I think he, I think it's food poisoning. I think he was, he, he was, he was in charge of it. So, not. Uh, the golf, the win affected the golf. We're going to talk all about the golf today. We got a full show for you today. We're going to talk today. Uh, we're going to, we're going to talk. Greg Coleman's going to join us, former punter in the NFL, very good one by the way. And he is um, the, the director of the Bob Hayes track meet 
which Hayes, you know, is one of the most prestigious high school track meets in the country. Absolutely. It, it's, it's unbelievable. The 58th running is this weekend, which is really cool. Is that UNF? I know UNF is very proud to have it. What that event means, what to watch. Greg will join us in just a few moments. That's how we'll kick off the program. Chris Reimer is going to join us by phone at 3.40 today um, to talk about what he saw, his uh, narrow escape. Uh, that, that's coming up today. But more than that, the golf, what we expect from the golf, all that today. we got a lot to talk about. Pete Prisco jumps in today. Uh, we got some college basketball. i got some, some thoughts about college basketball I want to get to as well. That comes up as well. So we got a lot to do. Glad you're with us. Let's take a break. We are live at the Players' Championship. When we come back, Greg Coleman joins us, the director of the 58th Bob Hayes Invitational, one of the most prestigious high school track meets in the country. That's how we'll kick off the program on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Back to more of Big Chief Tire Friday on The Frangie Show. Family owned since 1961, it's Big Chief Tire. Now. Hello. Another great guest on the Farrah and Farrah phone line. Brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Hey, we welcome you back to the program. Glad you're with us. So much golf and other stuff to talk about. But uh, uh, we're lucky to live in Jacksonville because I truly believe the Bob Hayes Invitational Track Meet is among the most prestigious high school track meets in the country. It's going to be celebrated at UNF. For the 58th time, that's pretty amazing. Greg Coleman, uh, former Reigns Viking, former Minnesota Viking, kind enough to join us now. He is the director of the event. Greg, thanks for joining us, man. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. I wish I was out at the CPC or on somebody's golf course. But, uh, you know, somebody's got to do the legwork, and, and we are looking forward to a great event, a great experience for our student athletes, great experience for uh, our fans and, and parents. Uh, that will come, as you mentioned, the 58th running of the Bob Hayes Invitational Track Meet. Uh, we're looking, really looking forward to a great event. Yeah, and I know you are, and I am too, Greg. And I think we're we're lucky to have this thing here because it's the one everybody talks about. It's at that gorgeous facility at UNF now, which which is outstanding. But let me ask you, you know, you know this is better than anybody. What has made this this event so magnificent for so many years? Why is it the prestigious event that it is, Greg? Because everything is about the kids. Uh, you know, we as adults can get hung up on our, you know, timelines and, and rules and regs and all of those things. But Coach Day and Bob Hayes told me so. Greg, whatever you do, make sure you keep it about the kids. And that's first and foremost what we want to do. We want to make sure that we give these kids exposure, uh, give them hope. Because when I was able to go outside of the, the Duval County area or Jacksonville area, city limits back in the day when I ran, when I was exposed to a different culture, a different track, a different experience, it gave me hope. And I said at a very young age, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to live like. This is, this is possible. It opens up possibilities to kids. And, and that's what makes it so fun. And, and when, when we crown every Bob Hayes champion, they are a champion for life. Because Bob Hayes is the only man, the only person that God blew breath in on this entire earth to win a gold medal in the Olympics and also to win a Super Bowl ring who happens to be here from Jacksonville. And you look at, you, you, you look at where it started. You know, we started over at, at Gilbert High School on the east side. Then we moved to Douglas Anderson. We outgrew that venue on the south side. Then we moved to Northwestern on the, and Reigns on the north side. We've outgrown those venues. And, and, and kids want to, 
to, to go where the top competition is going to be. We've got uh, over 100-plus teams that are still coming in, and, uh, and they're talking trash, okay? Coaches are talking trash about coming in and setting the track on fire. So we can't wait to have a great day of competition and a great day of learning about the legacy because uh, the other thing we're going to do, kids, very few kids know about Bob Hayes. We are creating a Bob Hayes museum, a mobile museum at UNF, so kids can come through. Looking at some of his artifacts, we've got the shoes that he wore in the 64 Olympics. We've got the Olympic gold medal that he won for winning the 100-yard dash and some other artifacts. So it's more than a track meet. It's an experience. We're going to have the vendor community out. Uh, so it's, it's just going to be a great, great day. That's awesome, Greg. And uh, I, in terms of the local impact uh, that, that this event creates, tell us where are these schools coming from, how many schools are going to be in the field, and, and how much that benefits uh, getting, getting visitors here to our great city. Well, you know, we've, the, the city of Jacksonville is, is one of our partners. Uh, Pepsi, uh, Winn-Dixie, Harvey's, and a number of other great uh, community partners. Uh, starting with the gala on Thursday night, we've got a fantastic uh, Hall of Fame gala over at the Potter's House on the west side, starting with Edwin gold medalist Edwin Moses, the 4x100 team uh, from Florida A&M that set and broke the, uh, the record three consecutive years all four same competitors winning that race three years in a row. We've got the great Gail Devers, uh, Leandra McKenzie, a great high school and collegiate uh, athlete, um, Brianna, Brianna Rollins from Miami Northwestern, and Coach Freddie Stevens is going in as well. So we've got a tremendous class uh, at the gala on Thursday night. Friday, we've got some of these same Olympians talking to high school students over at Reigns High School, lessons learned, what to, what not to, how to be a champion, what does it take to be a winner. Then later that afternoon, these same Olympians are talking to our middle schoolers out at UNF, and then they will have a clinic. Then we're shooting the gun at 5.30 for the middle school kids. Then at, on Saturday morning at 9 o'clock, the big daddy, Bob Hayes, starts. But you talk about the economic impact. Kids are coming from all over the state of Florida, all over the state of Georgia, South Carolina, some from Kentucky, and I had a phone call from a couple of internationals, but from all over the southeastern part of the United States. Right now, we're currently at 125 teams, and they're still calling. I'm over at the Bob Hayes office. They're still calling and wanting to come in. So, Frank, we're looking for a fantastic, fantastic day. Hi, Greg. This is Lauren. Thanks so much for joining us. What did you learn from the previous meet director, Coach Day? I learned everything. Coach Day was my coach uh, in high school. He was my mentor. He was my friend. He was like another dad. Uh, the same thing. I learned to keep it about the young people. And as long as you do that, and if you're consistent, kids are going to continue to come. Because they would always say that if I can run and compete in the Bob Hayes, I can run and compete anywhere. The beauty, one of the beauties that I had, I was on the sideline for 21 years for the Vikings Radio Network. I would always look at the program and see where kids went to high school. And then I would go back and I'd Google to see if they ran track. And I would come up to them during pregame warm-up. Hey, man, I remember you from the Bob Hayes Relays. Oh, gee, what do you mean from the Bob Hayes? I said, well, man, I've been the announcer for the last 40 years. Oh, dang, that was you. 
I mean, there's a light and a gleam. They light up when you talk about the Bob Hayes. Because, again, it it rivals no other track meet, one single-day track meet in the entire United States. So Coach Day taught me a lot. He taught me about discipline. He taught me about being first. And, And these are some of the characteristics and DNA and traits that I took with me that helped me. Uh, to a 12-year career in the National Football League. Uh, One of the greatest memories that I had is Coach Day was not feeling the best, but he made his way to Atlanta a couple of years ago when I was inducted into the Black College Football Hall of Fame, and that meant the world to me. Uh, He still means the world to me. He still talks to me now. No, baby, don't do that. Let's, Let's do this. Let's try that. So he's looking down and looking at all of us making sure that we do the things to give these young people opportunity. Well, this, and this is a great opportunity. I'm excited about it. I can, I can hear, Greg, I can hear the emotion in your voice, man. That is a cool thing. So one more time, let's tell people how they can get involved. It all starts on Thursday, the big event Saturday, but it's an all weekend long. If people want to get involved, if people want to come, if people want to experience the Hall of Fame and the history and the legacy you're talking about, what's the best way for them to go about it, Greg? Go, go to the website, B-H-I-T-M. Bob Hayes International Track Meet, number 22. The significance of 22 is that was the number that Bob Hayes wore when he played for the Dallas Cowboys and won that Super Bowl ring. So bhitm22.org. It has all the information on there. And remember, the partnership between UNF, Reigns is still a partner, uh, and the Bob Hayes organization, you know, the word says a three-court strand cannot easily be broken. So we're partners uh, from the hip. And, uh, man, we look forward and encourage everybody to come out because, again, as I said earlier, Bob Hayes is more than a track meet. It's an experience, and we want, we want the entire community to experience the Bob Hayes track meet this weekend. And I can tell you, Greg, the three of us, Hayes, Lauren, and I, are all born and raised here. We're all from Jacksonville. We all went to high school here. So we understand the impact of, of what this has done, not just for, for our community, but for so many others. So thank you for taking it over. I knew Coach Day awfully well. I knew him back when I was a high school writer way back in the day. Hayes did as well. So um, thank you for taking the, taking the torch for him. I mean that very sincerely. Hey, thanks for joining us. Good luck with it next week, man. I can't wait. All right, all right guys. Take care. I appreciate you. Thank you. Oh, okay. Greg Coleman, he was now the, uh, the, the executive director of the Bob Hayes. And, I mean, it is, Hayes. It is a big deal, man. It is, it is a big deal in our city, not just in the Northwest Quadrant or not just at Reigns High School. I'm glad it's at UNF because they got that, Lauren, you worked at a beautiful stadium there. This is a big deal. I mean, it, it, it really is a big deal for people in the track and field community. It's a, it's a huge event, and I loved hearing Greg talk about uh, the appreciation uh, for Bob Hayes and, and passing that along. He might be, honestly, one of the most underrated athletes no question. ever. I mean, he's the reason that zone defense exists in the NFL. He was so fast that you could not play him man-to-man. And so defenses, uh, smart defensive coordinators said, we've got to create something else, and that's where zone defense emanated from. Yeah, and I'm going to underscore what he just said. Until then, people weren't sure what the passing game was going to be, so they played like basketball. You just covered him and you covered him, and that's that's how they did it. And then when nobody could cover Bob Hayes, people said, we got we got coaches. I don't think they were coordinators back then. They were just coaches. Coach said, we got to do something because none of our guys can cover him. 
and they played last week, and none of their guys can cover them. And they're going to play next week, and none of their guys can cover them. So we better just drop back and have a bunch of guys when he when he starts running 100 miles an hour. Let's make sure we've dropped back. So that's really what. And that was the beginning of zone. That's really a true story. That's where zone defense came from. So, um, by the great Bob Hayes and Lauren, you asked a great question. James Day was a was a legend, and you asked a perfect question. What did Greg take from James? Because so many people were touched by that man. They really were. I, I met James Day. He was a he cared about his community, man. That was a great question. Oh, I thank you. Look, I, I think part of the fun of our job is to talk about the current sports and everything like that. But part of the, the magical part of our job is to tell stories about the people that have come before us who have paved the way. And, and certainly Bob Hayes is one of those people. And, and certainly James Day was one of those people. And there are others. And, you know, going to Bishop Kinney, that school was all about cross country and track. Frank, you know, your daughter ran track there. That is that is one of the major sports at Bishop Kinney. Baseball, certainly some of it, but uh, cross country and track. And so it, you kind of walk around that track and you realize pretty quickly that the people running around that track are really, really good. And, and so they would all compete in the yeah. Bob Hayes and, and then the Katie Caples that came later. Uh, she was a year before me. But look, I, I love that he goes back and that Greg goes back and researches who participated at the Bob Hayes and then he talks to them on the sidelines in NFL games. That's so special because that means that, that somebody reached out to him about or reached out to yeah. them about their hometown. We appreciate Greg Coleman joining us. It's going to be a fun event all next weekend long. Second break, let's get it back to golf. Chris Reimer joins us. He made the great escape. Uh, Gibby made a good point, unless he wants to be a man about it and just take his loss. <laughs> it's easy for me to say. I'm not the guy. Yeah. It's easy for me to say. Um, good, good luck with that. We'll <laughs> also talk about the uh, the weather today, the tournament today, uh, the unpredictability of March here at the Players. That's next. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Frangie Show. Slightly Stupid comes in concert Friday, September 1st to Daly's Place. If you want to go, we've got three pairs of tickets to give away throughout the show today. So be caller number four right now. It's 641-1010. Caller number four, you get to go see Slightly Stupid and Sublime with Rome Atmosphere and The Movement. Again, that concert is Friday, September 1st at Daly's Place. If you don't win the tickets, don't worry. They are on sale now at dailysplace.com. We welcome in Chris Reimer. Chris Reimer, what do you know about Slightly Stupid? Uh, don't know much about it, but I feel like it could be a book about my life. <laughs> I mean, pretty fitting, pretty fitting movie title. Well, well let me just say this. Gibby, the ultimate good sports of it, is shaking his head right now. He wa- I think he wants to fight you. I think so. The question is, Gibby makes a, Gibby makes a really good solid pick. Guy's probably going to finish five six under. You make a terrible pick, and Gibby's buying lunch. Your thoughts, please. Well, I was tempted to take. Uh, I'd like to change my pick to Lucas Herbert, who shot thirteen over today and finished at twenty three over and would still beat Gibby. That's what I'd like to do if that's possible. Um, I guess we can allow that. Yeah, but a, you still can't pick Rory moving <laughs> forward. <laughs> right, you still lost Rory moving forward. So that's right, fine. So. I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> um, uh, what a poor Gibby! You can't, can't get a break. Uh, what did you make of the conditions today? Uh, uh, by the way, Chad Ramey just went in. Uh, he just hit two in the water. Yeah, quad. He just made a quad seven. He just made a seven at the seventeen. Two in the water, and uh, just missed his putt. He actually still isn't in yet. Yeah. But his putt for right. quad bogey is right. only from about four feet. Yeah, so uh, conditions uh, or maybe things just got a little tight the second day. Chris, what was your read after day two? I mean, it was windy. I walked um, I walked about eight holes with my guy, Victor Hovland, who 
you know, while I was walking with him with four under, I left him on four. He made a double on four, bogey on five, bogey on eight, and barely stayed par on nine. And I think part of that was, yeah, he wasn't, wasn't hitting it that great at the end, but that's also when this wind really picked up. And I think, um, you know, like I said on, on the, I think it was the, the Wednesday show, the wind is the defense of this golf course. Um, you know, if there's no wind, the guys will eat the course up, but, but um, it's blowing out there. And, you know, it's, it's, as you can see, it's difficult. And I think um, these afternoon scores, I thought yesterday, guys that came in at, at three, four under were right in it because I think afternoon scores today, you know, right now, Bazillion Height is um, three under, and that's an amazing score if he can hold on. Um, but I, I just, the way the leaderboard's shaken out, if Colin can, you know, manage to stay around one to two over, stay around six, five under, you got to really think that he and Jason Day at four under and, Again, Hovland at four under who hold on. Those guys can stay around there. They've got a really good chance, and it'll be interesting to see how Scotty Scheffler can do if he can if he can just maintain. Uh, now, yeah, I, th- I think these are really tough conditions today. Now, Chris, when you left Hovland, is that when you poisoned Rom? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I will. I will. I will not take uh, any questions about where my whereabouts were overnight and what whether or not I was. The I'll Spanish questions to my yeah. my attorney. We've got the Spanish ambassador here, yeah. and he's launching a full investigation. Yeah. And, he, and he doesn't give a damn about your yeah. attorney, by the way. Just so you know. That. So I would I would I would hope you have a minute by minute detail of where you have been. Uh, again, we'll, we'll, we'll send that to Hare and Hera, sir, or Morgan and Morgan. What up? <laughs> Brett Haynes and Al. <laughs> Chris, as far as Victor Hovland, you said you were following him. Who are some other guys that you thought were playing well despite the conditions? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think, again, when you look at at where the guys are that have finished now, right? So the guys who the, the Thursday afternoon, Friday morning draw seems to be, you know, if, if you finish that draw in that five, Ben Griffin six under, you know, in, in that four to six under round, you're you're feeling pretty good about yourself watching these conditions. Now, sometimes, you know, there, there is, um, there are some, some dark clouds. Sometimes the dark clouds can all of a sudden cool things off when it gets to five o'clock, six o'clock at night. And if that happens and some of these guys have two or three holes where all of a sudden the wind slows down, maybe you'll see some of these guys in the afternoon today, um, you know, put a couple good numbers up at the end of their round. But, um, I love where Jason day is. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, anybody who's in that six to four under time, for, you know, area has got to feel pretty good about where they are. You saw, you know, Spees and Thomas. Spees went out three under through four holes and just couldn't hang on. If he could have, you know, gotten in at two to four under, then then anything, you know, anything's possible. But uh, I really like where Jason Day is. I still like where Hovland is at four under par. He's got to feel good about the start of his round. Probably wishes he could have a couple back there towards the end. But, um, those are the guys that have been, you know, been on leaderboards before that I would trust more so than, you know, some of the names at the top of the leaderboard that maybe we're not that familiar with, you know, when it comes Saturday, Sunday at the players, how are they going to react to that pressure? But isn't Morikawa still a guy? You know how much you love him. You, uh, I, heard other, I mean, he, he's still in great shape. The, the great iron play that you've always talked about. I mean, as you sit and look at where everybody is now, isn't that the guy now? If you had to pick a guy, if, if we could start right now and pick guys, he'd be on the top of everybody's list, right? Yeah, he'd be the guy. He'd be the guy you'd be selecting. You know, to, to think he's won over, 
it's not that bad in this afternoon round. And, uh, you know, what can he do on the back nine to hold on? You know, the wind on, I think, 16 is, is at your face, which is, a, is not the prevailing wind. On 17, it's at your back. And where that back pin location is, that's a really hard shot to hit to trust your yardage that it's not going to go long and go in the water. So, you know, how smart can he play? Hit the middle of the greens. Don't try to be too aggressive and hold on to your score. Sometimes playing aggressive is good for guys. Sometimes trying to play, you know, smart, you get a little, you get a little lazy doing that. So we'll see how he does down the back nine. But he would definitely be the guy right now. If you have, you know, if you have to pick one guy at the top of the leaderboard that you would want going into tomorrow, it would definitely be Colin Morikawa. And I think uh, another great story that, that you uh, have, have addressed is, is Jason Day. And, and, Chris, what really strikes me about Jason Day is he's, he has bogeyed 16 each day. He has right. gotten wet on the approach each day. I mean, to, to, that's unthinkable for him to be four under par and have basically have given away at least two shots. I mean, yeah, Jason Day's got to be sitting there – saying he should absolutely be at six under. But if he can just play 16, uh, and, and you have to think he will uh, this weekend. But, I mean, and, and that's not he, – he also, uh, I think, uh, got what I believe on four. Maybe he had two in the water his first round, and he got uh, – and he put it in, in the, the drink again today on 16. But, I mean, he is somebody that really could tighten up some things. And what a story that would be if Jason Day ends up taking this trophy home for the second time. What a story that would be for Ace Carlin, too. And, and yes, I think I, um, the story's already you know, written. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish him well. Paid for it. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's a, he's officially part of the family, regardless of what happens the rest of this weekend. Well, I do think um, to your point, you know, you want to have a team of people that you hope to make vote birdie. But, but bogeying it two days in a row is as many as the four strokes on the field. You know, it's about a par four, par four and a half most of the time, depending on how, you know, the wind is playing. So it is, it is a hole that you don't expect two bogeys in your first two days. And if you do bogey it the first two days, you wouldn't necessarily suspect that you're going to be in contention. So it does speak to, you know, the other 34 holes he's played so far. And, um, you know, I think to, to what we all kind of noticed and what you probably read a little bit to make that pick, um, he's a guy whose game is coming around and he's, he's done some things to his swing. You know, we saw him, I saw him at um, Torrey Pines this year. I was out on the range um, and, and, you know, he, he talked about just kind of getting a little bit more controlled swing, you not putting as much pressure on his back, not trying to, you know, hit it as far as maybe some of the distance he's been chasing over the last several years and to focus a little bit more on accuracy, and it's definitely paying off. He's had a great start to the season. He knows how to win here. He knows how to win in general. And so he's definitely a guy at four under par that at the end of the day could find himself in the third or fourth to last group, and, and going to the weekend, you'd have to like his chances. Chris, I don't know if you spot, saw what happened to Jordan Spieth on nine, but he was two over par. He was about to hit it in the water, and the ball bounced off of a fan and then he ended up being able to finish it even, so it looks like he's going to make the cut. Have you seen that before? Uh, I, I, you know, it's it's always funny. Like some of the bounces these guys get off hospitality tents. Sometimes you you think like they're backstopping, but uh, you know, Hovland actually hit a shot at 17 that hit the wood, rocketing up in the air, and then somehow hung onto the green. So it's those little bounces make a big difference, and and. 
we don't know uh, if that fan, you know, tried to kick it back out. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but it is, you know, sometimes it's, you know, a lot harder to play with fans, it's a lot harder to play with grandstands. You know, you every once in a while you get a good stuff on one of these, and, and good thing you made the most of them. We get them back most likely on the weekend. All right, Chris Reimer checking in. Uh, rhyme time. It's going to be an interesting day. By the way, I will say this. Um, the best story would be Jason Day winning. Yeah. That, I mean, Scotty Scheffler winning isn't a great story. You expect that would be fine. It would be fun. Mark Cowell, but, yeah. 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 But the best story would be fun. But Jason yeah. Day coming out of nowhere would win. That would be the best story. Chris, thanks, man. We appreciate well, that, it. Talk that, to that, you on Monday. That's a great story, and so is John Ramos drawing. I think that's the best story for, us, for the five of us. Not necessarily for the PGA right. Tour, that's a but for the five of us. That's a great story. That's a great story. Chris, hit him straight today. We'll talk to you on Monday. All See right, you, buddy. Thanks so much. Take care. All right. That'll do it. Chris Reimer. That is Rhyme time. He'll be with us again on Monday. We come back. I will update you on the golf. Again, the story right now, Chad Ramey. Um, Ooh, boy, he had been playing well, but a tough t- – you were watching it, right? You were watching on the big screen. Yeah, it was tough. That's Anytime you find the water from the drop zone, that's, that's a sign of nerves really starting to get to a player, uh, which is understandable. We talked about Ramey's only made $2.4 million in career earnings as a, as a tour player. He's 30, uh, 225th in the world, uh, and unfortunately – it seems like maybe lost his poise at, at the wrong time, and uh, the intimidation of 17 claimed another uh, casualty because he's still in the tournament. But to go from nine under to five under, now it's this is going to be the biggest mental t- toughness test that Chad Ramey's ever had to go through, I would imagine, because the stakes are just so high out here. All right, we'll take a break. We come back. I got a thought about basketball and a whole lot more. Stay with us. It's a Big Chief Tire Friday on the Frangie Show. For all of your tires and automotive service needs, it's Big Chief Tire. Hour number two, we begin live from the Players' Championship. Big Chief Tire, always our sponsor on a Friday. Four great locations, the west side, two of those. The south side on Phillips Highway, the north side as well. Wherever you are, you can get to a Big Chief Tire. They are the best in the business, our friends from Big Chief. Chief Tire. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carlion, Lauren Brooks, Andrew Gibson out here on location with us. Uh, Dylan Denmark making it all happen back at World Headquarters. Uh, more golf coming up. I will say this. I think we've dodged the bullet from a weather standpoint at least to get through till tonight. Don't you guys think? Uh, I think Jared Rice told us that he thinks the rain is going to come uh, probably tonight from 6 to 7 and, and we'll see what it does to the golf course. But the um, but I think I, I just looking around Chief Meteorologist, what can you tell me? Uh, it, the radar does not look ideal. Uh, starting yeah, around right. 440 and oh. moving along, I see some yellow. I see some red. That means uh, we may have to we may have to move. Unfortunately. Okay. So there you go. But we hopefully won't. So but we'll, hopefully not. It looks nice uh, so far. All right. Um, I want to get to basketball for a second. I got thinking about this. So the Gator basketball season ended the reg- the, the Gators ended the regular year with a 16 and 16 record. They're going to play in the NIT. The likelihood is they'll play a team from a, a very small conference and win at home 68 to 65 and then probably lose the second or third game in the NIT, I'm guessing. Um, and, but So if they win one more game, they will avoid a losing record. If they lose the first game in the NIT – they will have the first losing record since Billy Donovan's last year. They will have the second losing record since, realistically, the second losing record since 1996-97, somewhere thereabouts. So, so if you think about it, 
they uh, they they've had they've not had a losing record. I mean, they I mean, they they really haven't had a losing record. So all of a sudden they would. So realistically, that's a big deal. Now, I I don't. The last thing you need to do is start getting coaches on the hot seat, getting coaches in trouble, firing coaches. Lord knows we do so much of that. We need to lock into whoever the coach is. But I will say this. I'll go back to saying it. They, 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 they ran off a coach, at least the fan base did, that was winning a tournament game every year. And I think the belief for people that didn't want him to stay was he had hit a ceiling of mediocrity. Good, not great. I think Todd Golden, they need to be improved next year. Hayes, I think they need to win 19 or 20 games, and I'd be disappointed if they're not in the tournament. No, I don't know how they're getting there because it, Riley Kugel's a very good player. Will Richards an okay player. Wacey Reeves is an up-and-down player. Alex Fudge is a very athletic guy that hasn't been a great player yet. That means he's got to go get a point guard, which is the word I hear is he's going to in the portal. I think he's got to go get two big guys in the portal. The only two guys that have committed – are a guy from Australia that's a bit of a project, a 6'11 guy, and a 6'9 guy that's a three-star from Pennsylvania that they're trying like crazy to get more guys, but that's what they've got so far. Um, I think they've got to show, not, not to save his job, but before people really start doubting. See, here's what happens. You have a bad year, then you don't recruit well. That portends another bad year. Uh, I, I think... They need to get better. I mean, he. I mean, they need to get better again, not to keep his job, but to, to keep confidence in the in the machine. To keep the machine, they've got to be way better. It, it, this was a tough year in basketball for them. Yeah, I think it's it's to be expected based on what Todd Golden was coming into. Um, but yeah, I think next year you need to see a, a four win improvement. You need to see them get to twenty wins by this time of year, not at the at the close of the season, but when they get to, to this point in the season you know you need to see a record that's more 20 and 12 and safely in I'm curious to see if Todd Golden backs off the non-conference uh, gauntlet Good call. that Florida has had they played a uh, top 10 schedule nationally and 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 that's been Florida's model uh, pretty much other than about three years over the last 20 Billy Donovan almost always played very difficult out of conference. Ironically, the one year that he really didn't was the first national title team. They did not play a particularly hard out of conference because Billy wasn't sure what he was going to have. And by design. And, and so, uh, but, but really, and, and I was surprised that Florida kept it as daunting as they did in Golden's first year because it's not like football where these things are settled 10 years out. Uh, basketball schedules are done, you know, basically in the off season. So, uh, so Todd Golden may want to take a look at that, get with Scott Strickland and say, you know, it's great to compete in, in the, the Phil Knight tournaments and, and things like that. It's great to have home and homes. Obviously you're going to play Florida state. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if Florida maybe backs off a couple games. Um, you're going to have the, uh, the sec, uh, challenge with, is it big 10 next year? Is that uh, what it is? Something like that. I think it is. I think, it, I think they're moving away from the Big 12. I think this was the last year that they're doing that. But they're still going to have so, – I think, I think it's with the Big 10. So you're still going to – you know, that's going to be a game where you're probably playing a, 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 an NCAA tournament team. Uh, so I think watch the schedule. I think that's going to give you some indication of, of what, where Florida feels like it is. 
Uh, and obviously he's got to go recruit better. Um, you know, I, I think in, in year one, you know, you're, you're sort of hodgepodging it together because Todd Golden probably had no idea he was going to be the Florida coach. It's not like that's right. this was I agree with that. You know, settled three months before the hire was made. Everybody was sort of caught off guard that Mike White left. So um, Scott Strickland acted quickly, but Todd Golden could not have been making moves. He probably knew he was leaving San Francisco, but he didn't know he was going to Florida. And so now he should have a much better idea of what he needs, and he should have a much better idea, to your point, Frank. It seems like he's already got a pretty good direction on where he wants to go from a portal standpoint. And, uh, again, he has he emphasized recruiting internationally. So I want to see some of that. I mean, the basketball that's being played uh, globally is sensational. And if Florida can tap into that, I, I mean, I think it would be fantastic. So it may be a player that, you know, none of us really know, but that doesn't mean that the player can't come in and contribute and be a really good player right away. But, yeah, there's no question. I, I would say a fair expectation for Todd Golden in year two is when by the time the SEC tournament is done, you need to have 20 wins uh, for, for everybody to feel like you're, you're the right guy. Not to, Again, not to keep your job, but just to feel like as you go into year three – that the program's moving in the right direction. My guess is if Florida wins 20 with the schedule they're going to play, uh, that's going to be enough to get them into the tournament. He lost his best player, and I think Florida ends up with at least 18 wins if Colin Castleton's there, and then I think Florida absolutely defeats Mississippi State yesterday. Florida couldn't contain Tolu Smith. He is a monster, and with Colin Castleton, Florida does a much better job. You saw how good Colin Castleton was against Sweetway, against Kentucky, even though Florida lost that game. I I am optimistic about the program moving forward. I know Colin Castleton obviously won't be back, but I think that what he did without his best player was tremendous, and they're all bought in. And so, yeah, does he need better players on the team? Absolutely. Can he get some guys that maybe can make a three more than here and there? That's what he needs because that's the style of basketball he wants to play. I don't think what he did without his best player was tremendous. I think it was serviceable given what he had to deal with. I I think – and I think all your points are right. He lost by far his best player, Lauren. Your point, Hayes, he looked up and all of a sudden he's headed to Gainesville and he's living in San Francisco. I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not down on Todd Golden. This isn't a shame on Todd Golden. Uh, he had a tough challenge, and I, and I have every confidence he'll do better. But to, re, to reiterate to all the people that wanted Mike White out because they weren't doing well enough, the Florida basketball team, the Florida basketball program, if you can't count the pandemic year because they didn't play – 12 games, okay, so that, they, only, they played 10 fewer games than they normally would have. They were still 15-10 and 10 that year, 9-7 and seven in the league. In a regular year, that would have been 20-14 and 14 or whatever, whatever, 20-13. and 13. So not counting that year, they have missed, they have been shy of 19 wins once since 1998 and only shy of 20 wins twice, and one was the 19-win season. So – and the 19 win season was in 2020 when they were 11 and seven in the league. So but the SEC wasn't very good back then. Well, it's gotten it, a lot better. Well, you know what, what, would be my defense to that. You know what, though, Lauren? Over over 30 years, it's been up and down. I agree. It's better. The last two or three years, it's been better than it was the five or six years before that. But I mean, the league, the league, it's, it's up. And he was still nine and nine in the league. So I, for me, I just think it's important if if. If Mike White was run out of there by fans because they were only winning 19 or 20 games 
and they were middle of the pack in the SEC, and they were only winning one game in the NCAA tournament, you certainly can't be worse than that. That's my point. You can't be worse than that if, if, if that's the – and in fairness, to, in fairness to Florida now, they didn't fire Mike White. Mike White left of his own volition. I know that. And Mike White isn't exactly killing it at Georgia. No, no. And, and regardless how Mike White does or doesn't do, I just mean for what Florida is, regardless of who the coach was and wasn't, if, if our belief is Billy Donovan got that thing to a, to a level, it needs to, regardless of who your coach is, be at that level. And, again, no, let me be clear about this. I hope the guy gets three, four years minimum because we got to quit firing coaches, and Florida hasn't been doing this, but we got this, this thing of firing a coach every two, three years is a bad idea. I'm just saying I want him to have those years. I think the longer he's there, the better chance is it'll happen, but it needs to start happening. This was a, as a, this was a disappointing basketball season for them. That now, and, and again, he inherited – he had four guys in the portal. He, I think he took the wrong guys. You know, Kyle Lofton, that was the one they thought would be better. Kyle Lofton, they thought, would be a guy that really changed, changed, took over the games, won games at the end of the game, ran the team, scored when he had to, and he was not. He was just an. They uh, needed Tyree Appleby. Yeah, correct. Which is it, ironic. And he was, a, and he was, a, he was just an average player. It, t- it turned out that he was just an average player. So, but I, uh, but uh, but I think it's very interesting. By the way, before we break on that, do you realize North Carolina, which went to the final last year and the final game returned four starters and is going to the NIT. They're the one of the most disappointing teams in college basketball history. It really is. It, it, it's certainly in recent memory. In one of the most I mean, they're going they're going to the They were preseason number one. Yeah, if right. they miss the, the NCAA tournament, they'll be the first preseason number one to miss the NCAA tournament. Ever. Ever. I mean so I mean, Hubert Davis is – give me – turn your mic on. Give me, you, give me, you follow North Carolina pretty close. It's in the family. I think um, you got to be shocked by that, right? Very shocked. Yeah, my dad went to North Carolina. Right, that's right. And he went to the Virginia – he's North a big fan. Huge. He went to a game a few weeks ago. He went to the Virginia game in Chapel Hill a few weeks ago. And, yeah, he, uh, he won't talk a whole lot on the phone about him right now because he's so upset. It's uh, – I mean, it's a complete catastrophe this year for Carolina yeah. basketball. I mean, to have, like you said, the only guy they're, they're missing from their starting five last year, your guy Brady Manick, who got froze no. out in the well. Final Four. <laughs> well, yeah, can I make a, fu- um, make a funny loser Monday point, but, that, uh, but joking aside for a second? That was a fun bit. Mm-hmm. They, they froze up my guy, they froze up my guy, they froze up my guy. But, and I don't watch college basketball a lot other than the Gators. I, I don't pretend to. So, Gibby, I hadn't seen North Carolina very much, just being honest. But they were running and gunning. I mean, they, I, I, I remember thinking that last game, not just because they froze out the one guy, that they didn't feel very well coached. Whoever had the ball, remember that? Whoever had the ball ran down and jacked it up. Well, well the, I mean, and here they are now with all those NBA guys not even making the tournament. Yeah, and, um, you know, our guy Graham Marsh, who's, who went to Florida, but he's a big North Carolina basketball fan, he and I were actually talking about him yesterday, and he made the point, and I'll give him credit, that Brady Manick was their vocal leader. They don't right. have a guy like that on the court. Because most of the other guys in the starting five are kind of soft-spoken guys, and and I didn't. But and to I, lose one guy and yeah. not make the tournament, yeah. that makes. And, but if it's crazy. a guy that hits threes, yeah, yeah that's it, right. It's and Florida knows that better than anybody. Yeah. If the guy, if if you lose the guy that makes threes and the other guy, but I thought even more than. And again, I haven't watched him this year, so I don't want to act like I know something I don't. But I remember watching him in that tournament. Whoever brought the ball up court shot it. I mean, it it just seemed like there was no flow to the. They just had their. I just thought their players are so good. 
That's why they got there. I as thought it was a brilliant game plan. As the, <laughs> as the vocal leader, how do you not get the ball more? <laughs> yeah, right. I, again, again, I, I want you're going to make me mad all over. Here. I want Gibby to be mad today, well, not me mad today. This North is not my day to be mad, Gibby. Yeah, North Carolina had an eight and twenty season under eight Matt Doherty. That was that's right. That's their worst season of all time, most likely. But this has got to be it's maybe number two because yeah. they went to the like you said they went to the title game and then did not make the tournament the next year yeah. returning four or five starters I think I think, they I think, still I think have 20 I think, wins though to back of the floor yeah, but, but I think Hayes I think Hayes I think Hayes said it one. one of the most disappointing yeah, I think it's got to yeah. be one because I don't remember ever. I don't remember Doherty's teams really ever having a lot of hype yeah um, to go eight and twenty in North Carolina is inexcusable obviously but this team I mean there were they were in the I mean, final game. Yeah, I mean, with they, all the players it, back, it wasn't just like that. They're the preseason number one. It was almost like this is a coronation for the Tar Heels this year. And yeah, I mean, it, it is just and and the thing too that would really that would really stun me and and concern me if I was a North Carolina fan. The ACC is down. Yeah, I mean, it's not like Duke's a juggernaut and Virginia's unbelievable. I mean, who won the league? Pitt, right? I, I, I Pitt and Miami, Miami and Pitt, yeah. yeah. If Pitt and Miami won the ACC, <laughs> it's a down year. You know, very quickly before we go to break, you know, very good point, by the way. Yeah. Very good point. Um, you know, a, when Florida won the championship game and lost to uh, Michigan State, okay, they, 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 everybody was back. I think Kenyon Weeks was gone, but the rest of them are all back, right? Yeah, Harvey, I think, was gone, right? Uh, Harvey came out after one year. You're right. So, But the very next year, they were 24-7. and seven, but they only won one game in the tournament. Remember how disappointing that was? Oh, yeah. Because they had a lot of guys back, and then they, they, they were one and one in the tournament out. And so, uh, anyway, interesting stuff. So, let's take a break. More in a moment. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Back to more of Big Chief Tire Friday on The Frangie Show. Family owned since 1961. It's Big Chief Tire. Welcome out of the program. We're live here at the Players on a Big Chief Tire Friday. We do thank our friends, the Parmans, and all those wonderful people at Big Chief Tire. Four fantastic locations, oil changes or brakes, alignments, and, of course, those great tires, any tire you want. They can actually tell you, believe me, I've taken more cars in there, and I said, Reed, I'm not sure what I need, so let me handle it for you. And they get those great tires. They take great care of you. The best tire company in town, I promise you, our friends at Big Chief Tire. Rain has held up so far. It's dreary. Our chief meteorologist. I just heard the horn. I'm sorry to was, tell you. That was the horn. Yeah, that was, yeah the horn. that was the horn. So the horn means it's probably time to leave the golf course. Um, you can finish. Players, by the way, can finish the hole they're on if mm-hmm. they choose to. But that means lightning is in the area and is, is heading this way uh, at some point. And so, uh, not ideal, not but I- at least we had really good weather up until this point. Yes, we did. We'll say it's, it's not raining yet. Yeah, I still see some clearness now. Um, a lot of guys are getting uh, – we're, we're, Hayes, we're coming down the stretch here of players released, not released, re-upped. The franchise period is over. Free agency starts uh, – we're, we're one weekday away from legal tampering, uh, three days away uh, on Monday. Is that that's, – that's noon Monday it can start, or is it – I mean, it's already kind of started, but, yeah, yeah I mean, but, but legally, basically, yeah, Monday yeah, so, is, is the um, legal portion. This will not affect the Jaguars as long as they're able to re-up Jamal Agnew, and I'm very confident. Hopefully, they will. I think he's a big part of the football team. He's under contract. Yeah. No. No. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me rephrase yeah. that. Uh, he is under contract. Long as they're able to not have to move on from him oh, to I create other dollars. As long as he's going to be on the team, yeah. he is under contract. You're right, Craig. I said it badly. But I mean, uh, there was some. I had some fear earlier 
that, that he might be a casualty in an effort to keep somebody else. I think they've reworked enough guys that they won't have to now. So anyway, bottom line, as the wordy way of saying it, it won't affect the Jaguars. But Braxton Berrios got cut. He's a good return guy. I, I think he is a – you know, he's been buried in, with the Jets who are just an irrelevant team despite the market. But he is a, he's a really good player. In that, that he's going to help somebody. I really believe that. He had a big game against the Jaguars, yes, right? Yes, he did. Like two or three years ago. Yeah, but he's um, got a bunch of those now. Yeah, yeah no, he's, he's a good player. I mean, yeah, if, if for whatever reason Agnew, they moved on from Agnew, yeah. he would make sense. But Yeah, he doesn't, uh, fit, he doesn't fit here. Yeah, it doesn't fit here. But, yeah, I would think he's going to have suitors elsewhere. Hayes, you said in the handoff that you love illegal tampering more yes. than the legal tampering. Mm-hmm. How much illegal tampering do you think goes on at the Combine? Uh, it's that's all it is. <laughs> I mean, it's basically uh, it, 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 that is really, to be honest, that's that was where it really became obvious that Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent. And this is what will happen. Mm-hmm. This is the entanglement you can get into, because a lot of what ended up happening, I think, could have been solved if he if he had one. Um, but, yeah, that's sort of what the combine is. The general managers are are there. You know, I mean, 50 percent of it is. Interview players, you know, get your stopwatch out and show yourself being, you know, timing guys, you know, and things like that. But for the most part, uh, you're there to, to talk to agents uh, and, and figure out who you want to be going after and make that known. And if you're trying to keep your own, uh, you know, getting a feel from the agent is to is that possible and what's the number and, and things like that. So. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I would say tampering is every bit a GM's job and an agent's. It's definitely an agent's job. It's hundred percent an agent's job, but it's fifty percent of probably what a general manager and, and to a lesser degree coaches. But certainly, I would imagine Trent Baalke had many conversations at the combine uh, about uh, potential free agents and and certainly Jawan Taylor and Arden Key, Evan Ingram. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, we'll talk more about this on Monday, obviously, and, and certainly Wednesday when it officially is free agent time. But, Hayes, what's going to happen next week? What, 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 for, let's do some predictions. Give me a little forecast. Um, Juwan Taylor re-upped, buyer before Wednesday, hits the market, we never see him again. Arden Key, are there some surprises in there? What, what's your prediction of what we, and we're here now? It's next week. What is your prediction of where we're headed next week? Yeah, unfortunately, I've, I've been slightly confident on Juwan Taylor, but I would say now as close as we are to Juwan Taylor being able to hit the open market in, in many ways he already has because they're so close now that I'm sure Rosenhaus has a very good idea of what Juwan Taylor is going to be offered. I would now move my confidence level of Juwan Taylor being a Jaguar to about 30%. I, I, I just... I'd be surprised if you see it happen now, unfortunately. So, yeah, I think we've seen the last of Juwan Taylor. And I would imagine that's going to be the case as well for Arden Key. But, um, you know, Key's a little different because as soon as the Jaguars move on from Taylor, does it affect what their offer is to Key? Uh, But, again, pass rush is in such short supply in this free agent crop that Arden Key might get paid something that, the Jaguars just aren't willing to commit to. So I, I I would say a low confidence now on both of those players still being Jaguars. Yeah, I think that's the, the right approach. I am still going to be optimistic that we're just not 
hearing anything because they're still working through uh, for both of those players. But I agree. I mean, I think at this point in time, it it most likely ends up Jawan's going to get paid a bunch of money. Arden, I'm not sure. He he might return. Yeah, I I, I think I think Jawan Taylor is going to be on their team. I, and, so. and, and, and that's no inside information, and don't misread it. I, I'm, it is a wild guess, and I'd be lying if I said it was anything other than that. But I think he's going to be on their team. They were so aggressive in, in reworking deals, so many guys. I, I, there has to be an end game to that. And they franchised Ingram, so the end game, at least so far, wasn't Ingram. Right? That was just a franchise tag. And so I think... They they were so they so aggressively uh, re-upped guys over and over and over the way they did that I uh I think we're gonna look up next week and he's on the team and again and that's in and and I, and I always say this on this program Hayes you understand the cap world way better than I do and I and I've never, you you're you're one of the best I've ever worked with in understanding how that all that stuff plays out and the fact that you don't think they're gonna re-up him bothers me <laughs> but i uh but i i i just have this gut that all that activity yeah and and, and i may be way off but that's that's a that's a i don't know if it's a hopeful gut you know what i mean right. I may, may, maybe i'm hoping my way to yeah uh, maybe i've hoped that into my gut right but i but i i think that i appreciate your comments yeah i i would say it's it's more from it's now to me it's not so much the dollars portion of it because they figured that out uh, it's more the timeliness of where we are now in the process. And normally when you get this close, agents just want to get their player on the free market. And, uh, and, and my guess is Juwan Taylor is probably going to get an offer that Trent Baalke is going to look at and say, yeah, we just can't, we can't get there. You know, I, I would imagine that it's it's a cordial i don't know that rosenhaus and the jaguars have been particularly cordial throughout the last decade but i do think you know if if rosenhaus is trying to do the right thing for his client and juan taylor wants to be here then i do think he will say all right juan let's see what's out there we can always circle back to Mm -hmm. the jaguars uh and give them sort of the the right of some agents don't like to do that because they just feel like you shouldn't do that make your best offer now or we're out the door and we're not going to come back. We're just going to take whoever's got the best offer. But Jawan Taylor's been vocal and, and hopefully he's been vocal with his representation about, look, obviously I want the best deal, but if the best deal is here, ultimately, if the Jaguars are willing to get to whatever, let's say Chicago is willing to get to, then my preference would be to stay in Jacksonville. And really it should be, unless the money is dramatically higher somewhere else, Jawan Taylor should stay in Jacksonville because these guys know him. Juwan Taylor has an excellent chance of seeing at least the first two, if not three years of this new deal here, if he stays here, because he's a proven commodity. Obviously, he's earned the respect of Peterson and Balky. If you go to a new destination and it doesn't go well, you suffer an injury in year one. Uh, you just, for whatever reason, have difficulty adjusting to their scheme. You're much more likely to get cut there and you just, yes, you will have made good money in the signing bonus and things like that, but you're not going to see the full life of the contract. He's got a much better chance of seeing much more of the contract in Jacksonville than in a new des- destination. We'll know all of it next week uh, with all these players. What you know so far is Evan Ingram has been signed to the franchise tag, so that means he's either playing under the franchise label or in the event that he's not, they will um, 
they will extend him, and certainly they're going to try and do that. So we'll see if that winds up happening as we move along. We'll take a break. Uh, when we come back, a lot more to do. They have suspended play here. The rain is starting to come down. Now, we knew at some point it was coming today. We feared it might be. The rain has begun. Uh, they have suspended play. Uh, we'll get an update on what that means as we move forward. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Back to more of a Big Chief Tire Friday on The Frangie Show. Big Chief Tire, with four locations on the First Coast to serve you. Welcome back to the Frangie Show. If you know Slightly Stupid, then you know this song is called Collie Man. And Slightly Stupid is coming in concert Friday, September 1st to Daly's Place. If you want to win a pair of tickets, be caller number five right now. It's 641-1010. Caller number five at 641 Slightly Stupid is coming with Sublime with Rome, Atmosphere, and The Movement. If you don't win the tickets, don't worry. They are on sale now. Just visit dailiesplace.com and you can buy them. Frank, unfortunately, like you said, play yeah. has been suspended here and everybody has to leave. Yeah, that'll do it. They're not going to resume it. Sometimes if you, if you have a, if you have a, a cell coming through that's going to come through and pass, you'll suspend play and people will get off the course and kind of hang around. That generally happens at one or two in the afternoon, and a when you have daylight savings time. Mm-hmm. Uh, here it's going to be dark by six thirty, six forty-five anyway, six forty-five or so, and uh, it looks like the rain's going to stay. So I think that's going to do it for today. Uh, everybody is getting out of here. Um, Gibby's been giving you the updates, but you probably know by now. Gibby, say his name again for me because I'm, I have no chance at this. Bezadenhout? Uh, this is Christian Bezadenhout. Bezadenhout, and then he's also tied with Adam Svensson. Yeah, yeah. He, the uh, look at Matt Hayes. Matt Hayes, you know, you know <laughs> he's got a plan. Matt Hayes just walked in here with a box full of barbecue. I mean, you know, I I can say I've been waiting for Matt Hayes to do something productive since yeah. we hired him. You know, this I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's been a long wait. Hayes, yeah. he, you know, he's he's you know, but he's I'm, earned it. Today. He was due, yeah. but he just walked in here with a box full of bar. Look at that! Would you look at that box full of barbecue, from Matt Hayes? Put that, put that, put that thing on him. Put 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 the headset on there, Hayes. Put that headset on. I mean, he's got he's got the floppy fishing hat on. Yeah. Okay, you see that you got the floppy fishing hat. He walked over like here. That. You know, he had a little, he had a little swag to him. You know, he had a little swag. Oh, he did. So how did yeah. you walk here with all that? But what did you do to get all so the barbecue? Leon needed a flame for his cigar. Yeah, right. So I said, I'm sure these guys have a flame. I mean, it's a barbecue. Yeah, place. you got to have a flame. So we have a flame there. for crying out loud. And Leon says, you got a flame. She said, Yeah, hang on. I said, I told you. She brings over the flame, and then she goes, You want some barbecue? And I was like. Barbecue? What do you mean? She gives me this box, and I said, "All right, well, I'll take one." She goes, "No, take it all for everybody over there." Oh, that's so, 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 so sweet. That's, that's a box it, of barbecue, Carla. Carla, you've worked here for. When do you ever bring a box of barbecue? I never. Matt Hayes did it one time. Something that nice? I mean, Matt. I mean, we've been waiting for Carla. Didn't bring this over here. <laughs> no. Okay. I mean, let's let's be honest. She gave it to me because Leon's so good looking. Uh, there's right. no question. Yeah. They're all so you know. If I had to get up one more time and get out of the way when someone wanted to take a picture of Leon, right. for God's sake, right. can I have a picture of Leon? Or Joe. Yeah, yeah. The or, best or part Joe. is the conversation right. <laughs> so, before and Gibby, Matt. And Gibby showed up with the forks and spoons. That's, That's right. Better. So, Matt, quickly go find every <laughs> booze vendor. Yeah, right, right. And <laughs> right, see right, if you can right, bring back anything right, else. Right, don't be afraid to bring a beer, Matt, <laughs> while, you're, while you're bringing it for crying out loud. Uh, hey, Matt did say yeah. earlier to Leon, hey, uh, next door has a flame. <laughs> he does have a, a mini bottle yes, he of something. Carlin's asking me for liquor. That's right. Come on, man. Go. <laughs> Matt said, Leon, the next door of Four Rivers, I'm sure they have a flame. And Leon goes, you want me to stick my head in it and yeah, burn so. my head up? But <laughs> hey, it ended up working out. Hey, hey, while we have you here, Maddie, since you did something productive, um, <laughs> what, what did you, 
What did you make of Dennis? you did something productive. Since you did something productive. Uh, what did you make of Dennis Dodd? You know this stuff better than all of us. The Dennis Dodd story. He's right the, on it. That the Big 12 is going to go get those four schools. Is that going to happen? He's right on it. I, I, I think what's going to happen is one of them has to go at some point. And by the way, Utah, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State are the four. Go the ahead. four corner schools, yeah. yeah. It, I think Colorado is the first one to go. Okay. And it could happen within one, two weeks. Okay. And if it does, the other three can't stay there. They have to go. So they'll go too. Once you get one, the rest so will come. So you, you mean within like a couple weeks of now? Yeah. Really? So it's there, that close I mean, to happening? I, I, I've talked to two different guys in the industry telling me that they're talking Colorado and the Big 12. Colorado and the Big 12 are talking right now. And, of course, Colorado is a former member of the Big 12, right. which is a big deal as well. And it's a better fit for them. Yeah. I, I don't know presidents. I don't know who's president. But I know Rick George, who's a Colorado AD, and he's that guy. He's mover shaker guy, right? You know, Mark, the Utah guy, is not. Marlin. as yeah, he's not as much, right? And he kind of got ticked off at Dennis's right. story, but but Rick George is that guy, right? I mean, look, you you can ignore it and avoid it all you want, but the reality is, Oregon and Washington are going to the Big Ten, correct? And, and Stanford and Cal might be going too. Yeah, it's, uh, so uh, well, is that right? Yeah. So 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 if those four go. Well, then that'll do it. Then yeah. That, then that'll. That's it. Then then whoever's I, I forget whoever's left. Cal. Washington State and Oregon State would Wa- be left. Wow, wow. Which would they just go to the Mountain West and that's it. Is that, so so is, is that is that if you were predicting right now, is that where we're headed with so you just said? If I'm predicting, I would say by the time we get to it's really coming down here. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> by the time we get to Destin in late May, okay. I think you're gonna have the Big Ten expanded, you're gonna have the Big Twelve expanded, you're gonna have the SEC schedules done, you'll have the Big Ten schedules done. Really? It'll it'll literally all be folding into right where it needs to be. What do you make of the ACC and Florida State wanting and Clemson wanting more revenue, North Carolina? What do you think happens with the ACC and Florida State? I mean, they're saber-rattling right now because there's nothing they can do. They're locked into that agreement, the grant of rights deal, until 2036. Wake Forest and Boston College and Syracuse and NC State, they're not just going to go, oh, yeah, we'll give you more money. Sure. Yeah, right. Why not? They're not going to do that. And, and I know – I understand Florida State and Clemson and North Carolina's their predicament because – they are the three properties that everybody wants to see out of that conference, football. Right, right. And, again, this is all football-driven. So I understand all of that, but the reality is those other schools are not going to say, all right, we'll give you more money to make you happy. If they had leverage, maybe it's a different story. They have no leverage. I, Be- was, told, I was told by people that I trust. I used to spend a lot of Big Ten time when Zook was at Illinois. Right. A lot of run, spent some time in the league office to people – and I was told, if not for the grant of rights, Georgia Tech would already be in the Big Ten. Now, maybe North Carolina, too, but Georgia Tech would already be in the Big Ten. That's the school they coveted more than any of them, more than because Nebraska. Of Atlanta, yeah. Because of Atlanta, the school, the ACC, I mean, the uh, yep. AAU. Yep. Is that right? Yep. Yep. It's, it's not only Georgia Tech. Believe it or not, they also covered Miami. Because really? Again, that gets them in, in the state of Florida. Okay. So it's that, that's – How I about mean, that? That's pipe dream, but it's just not going to happen. They're not going to get out of that. And they're more concerned now, when I wrote this last week at Saturday Tradition, they're more concerned now with protecting their investment in USC and UCLA. That's the key right now. They, the, the presidents don't want to force those schools, not just the football team, the basketball team, the, the volleyball team, the track and field. They don't want to force them. Their shortest trip is 1,600 miles to, to Nebraska. Their longest trip is 2,700 miles. Right. They have to get other schools out there to help them, to have that kind of to ease Good their point. travel burden. 
Good point. And, and that's that's a huge yeah. that LA market is a huge investment for them. And the travel burden, we're not talking about football. We're talking about the tennis team. Yes, the that's, Olympic sports. That's yes. what we're talking about. Is that they don't have the funding no. to, to just to just grab the charter and go. Right. So you're right. All right, Matt. He's Matt. Great work. Thanks, Matty. And thank that. And thanks for the food. Yeah. You well, got well it. done. Oh, it's coming down now. Coming down hard. We are in a tent, so we're not wet yet. Uh, yet being the operative phrase, the chief meteorologist, you did play. You did kind of warn us on this, didn't you? <laughs> I yeah. tried to tell you around 4:40 it was yeah, going to come down, did. and also we just saw some lightning and heard some thunder. So, also that's in the area. So hopefully everything's good for now. We're going to need two giraffes. Yeah, yeah. Two lions. I mean, it is coming down. Two tigers. <laughs> I mean, it is really coming down now. So, uh, yeah, that'll do it for play. And the uh, we told you earlier, our friend Jared Rice stopped by right before we went on the air and said the rules committee will meet tonight and decide what happens now. They knew this was coming. I think they thought this part was coming a little later, but they knew it was coming. They should have checked with me. They should have checked with our chief meteorologist. We'll take a break. Uh, One more segment we think will be from the tent. It's coming down pretty good, but our plan is to stay here at least for now. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Now. Hello. Another great guest on the Farrah and Farrah phone line. Brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Time for all things Jaguars and NFL with Pete Prisco. The Prisco Report. Presented by Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles. Showtime. On the Frangie Show. We do welcome you back. We thank uh, Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles for always sponsoring the Prisco Report. But I got some fun stuff going on. Roy Robertson-Harris had a fantastic year for the Jags. What a good defensive tackle. He was their best defensive lineman, I think. Well, he's going to be at Showtime Tuesday, April 11th. He's going to be there from 6 to 8 that night, signing autographs. Advanced tickets are available starting now. As always, you can stop by and meet him then, but go ahead and uh, get to Showtime or log on and find where you can get tickets right now by going to their website, Roy Robertson Harris from the Jags, outstanding defensive tackle. They extended him this year. That's how much they think of him. And Roy Robertson Harris will be at Showtime on April 11th, and we appreciate them sponsoring the program. Pete Prisco joins us. Pete, how you doing, buddy? Roy Robertson Harris, pockets getting deeper. <laughs> yeah, and, and he he, right? he was good. To, he was good this year, Pete. He was. I mean, he, he was. Really he was. was. He really was. He he played really well early. I thought uh, had a little lull in the middle of the year, and then really came on strong at the end of the year. And He's a big part of what they need to do on defense. I, I, I like the, the extension, and I think it was important for him. All right, Pete, so we get to next week now. We are Legal tampering's Monday. The, it, it starts in earnest. Uh, a free agency does on Wednesday, obviously. Uh, it, it would appear there's not much new that's going to happen here, right? Uh, uh, they, they desperately want to keep Jawan Taylor. They'd like to keep Arden Key. You know Evan Ingram's going to be here, if, no, if, if nothing else, under the tag. What is your prediction on what's going to happen with the Jags? Will Juwan Taylor be on the football team, and will we, will we know that next week? Yeah, I think, Frank, if, it, if the money gets crazy and, and there are a lot of tackle-needy teams out there, um, then I think they might step away from it. Uh, you know, you look at Chicago. Chicago's got a ton of cap room. They need a right tackle. Uh, do they go after Juwan Taylor, or do they find Mike McGlinchey? I think that's, that's – or, or even Caleb McGarry. You know, there's a couple other right tackles on the market. So if, if uh, you know, your right tackle needy team, I think Jawan Taylor's agent should be first and foremost on the phone to those teams uh, and try and work out a deal. If the money doesn't get crazy and, and they can afford to bring him back, and again, you can afford whatever you want. All we're doing right now, looking around the league, everybody's restructuring, moving money. Uh, you can afford whatever the heck you want to afford, which is why I always say I would bring him back. I would find a way to bring him back 
Uh, I'd keep that offense intact. I'd add to it uh, and make sure that, uh, you know, you have an offense that can score a ton of points because, you know, honestly, the defense isn't that good right now. Pete, in your opinion, uh, from covering the league for so many years, do, do deals still get done when we're this close? Or once we get this close, really hard to see a, a, an extension or a second contract get, get completed? I think a lot of the deals are done already. I'll be honest with you. I think, you know, it, it, yeah, most of these agents have done a lot of work in Indy. Um, you know, they, they call it legal tampering on Monday. There will be deals done in the morning. I mean, they'll, they'll announce them. You know, they'll be done. You can't officially do them till Wednesday. But as far as like a guy like Jawan Taylor, I'm sure that, that he's got something, you know, in the works with a team and he might come back to Jacksonville and say, hey, look, this is what they're offering me. Can you go there? No, we can't. Then off he goes. And, and I think it's that simple. I think a lot of these deals are going to get done Monday and Tuesday and then Wednesday get, they become official. Pete, after coming back from the combine and analyzing everything, who drafts number one overall and who do they take? Well, it won't be Chicago. I think they're getting out of there, and rightfully so. Um, I think there's a lot of teams that want to go up and get a quarterback, so you might actually have a little bit of a bidding war. You hear that the Raiders are interested in going up to one. You also hear Carolina could be interested in going up to one. And so I think if you're Chicago, you might be able to move down and then even move down a couple more and get more picks. So I think they get out of there. Uh, I think Carolina's a team to keep an eye on. I think you know the Raiders are a team to keep an eye on. Also, Indy. I think those three teams could be in the mix to move up uh, and maybe go make a move to go get uh, whoever the quarterback is. And you hear differing opinions. I don't think there's a slam dunk number one. It looks like it's Bryce Young, but the NFL has reservations about a five foot ten and a half, hundred eighty seven pound quarterback. Let me ask you this: I did a I did comps last week. Let's see if you agree with any of these. My comps: if these guys turn out good, if they're not good, it doesn't matter because I'm comparing them all to very good quarterbacks. But I think Caleb Williams is sort of Mahomes. Of course, he's in college another year. Yeah. I think, I think C.J. Stroud, to me, is Burrow. He's same size, very smooth, not, not a runner, but can run. Um, he strikes me. And I think if Anthony Richardson's good, he's Josh Allen. He's got to be good. I get my point now. Is that the comp you see? Because I, I really think Stroud and Burrow are very similar in how they play. Do you see those three, Peter? Is that off the mark a bit? Well, Caleb Williams is definitely that's Mahomes. That, that, that one is very good, really good. It probably he might even move a little bit better than Mahomes did. So yeah, I think that was accurate. Um, Brown's a tough evaluation for me because I saw so many different sides of him, and I'm not sure. I, I don't think he has the it factor that Burrow has. You know, when Burrow walked into the room, you knew he was going to own it, and I don't know if C.J. Stroud has that. That's my concern there. You're talking about from a playing standpoint, he reminds you a little bit of him, yeah, from a play standpoint. But I don't know if he has the the buzz, the it, the confidence, the cockiness that you want to see. Uh, and then, you know, Anthony Richardson, yes, I think that's Josh Allen. Um, you know, back in, back in uh, Wyoming, Josh Allen hit the big plays and missed the little ones, just like Anthony Richardson does. I'll give you another one. And a, and a guy told me this the other day. Will Levis is old-school Troy Aikman. That's what he is. He's the old-school, prototypical, stand-in-the-pocket, big-arm, make-the-plays quarterback. He's Troy Aikman. And I've had the hardest time coming up with a comparison for Bryce Young. I can't. There isn't any. Yeah, we said the same thing. His from a size standpoint, he's Baker Mayfield, but he's better than Baker Mayfield. He's a good. He's a really good player. But Hayes, you and I had the same conversation. We couldn't come up with anybody for Bryce Young. So, Pete, it'll be interesting to see where those guys all land. Rand Tarkenton. Yeah, absolutely. Pete, do you get a sense that? 
it's now a big three with Young, Stroud, and Richardson, and Levis has fallen back? Or do you think Levis is very much still in the mix to be one of the first three selected? No, they're all in the mix. And, and by the way, they'll all be gone by the top ten, all four of them. They're gone, period. Got off the board, which if you're a team like Jacksonville, you don't need a quarterback. That's good news for you. So they'll all be gone. Um, I, look, you, Levis is not well-liked in draft cult community, the draft Twitter cult. I always call them that because they all follow each other. But he's much more liked by the NFL people. And, and I talked to a couple this week who said they went in there to go see him and didn't really want to like him and were ready to ping him when he didn't play well. And they found out how hurt he was and how injured he was and how bad the offense is. They left there thinking he was better. And so I think he's better in terms of the NFL people than what the perception is of him. So he's still in play as well. I think it's a four. I don't know which way they'll go. Right now, if I have if my lean is probably Young will go first, Stroud will go second, Levis will go third, Richardson will go fourth. But Richardson is one of those guys that can all you have to all it takes is one that loves that upside because I think he could be the biggest home run in the entire draft, or he could be you know a year in and he'd be sitting on the bench for the rest of his career. Pete, we've seen a lot of players released over the last day or so. Any one of those players that you think the Jaguars could scoop up? I mean, no. Uh, you know, Thielen. I mean, Cam Dantzler's an interesting guy if if you look at him from the Vikings. He was a starting corner for them, had a rough go, gave up two touchdowns, didn't play much the rest of the year. But he has talent. I mean, in your, your team that needs corners, it might not be expensive, so maybe knows around him. A guy like Thielen doesn't help them. They, you know, they, they, I think they, what they got from Ridley and what they will get from Ridley kind of solves their receiver position, at least for me, in the interim, if he's the same guy. Every report says he is. Is Aaron Rodgers headed to the Jets, as uh, everybody seems to be thinking? I think it's Jets or nobody. Uh, I, think, I think there's still a possibility he doesn't play. I mean, the guy has so many other interests outside of football. Uh, you know, he wanted to host Jeopardy. I mean, there's more of that out there for him, I think. Uh, so I think he's got to decide. Does he want to go to New York? If I'm the Jets, I want him, but I want him committed to me. And that means you're there in the off to throw into those young receivers, getting in tune with them, which he didn't do last year in Green Bay. He has to be in tune with the young wide receivers and be committed. If he is, give me two years, I'll make the deal. If you can't commit to more than one, then I'm not making that deal on the Jets. What'd you make of the Ravens putting the non-exclusive tag on Lamar? I expected that. I said that all along. I, I thought, and, and again, I think I said it on your show last week, Frank. It's, it, when, when you look at this, the body of work and how you got to have to negotiate with your own quarterback, it was so tough to do. He doesn't have an agent. You have to kill him for things that he does. And if you gave them too much money, they were going to rip you. If you gave them not enough, then you took advantage of them. Now, everybody I talked to inside that building said it was so tough to negotiate with them. So why not put it out there? Let somebody else do the negotiating for you. You always have the ability to match the offer. If somebody gives them the guaranteed, the fully guaranteed, and nobody wants to be the next team to do that, by the way, but if somebody gives them the fully guaranteed deal, then you could still match that and you could step back and say, hey, we didn't give it to them. We just matched it. And because there's going to be uproar for whatever team does the next fully guaranteed deal like the, the Browns did with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I totally agree, Pete. Who got a better deal, the Seahawks with Geno Smith or the Saints with Derek Carr? Well, I think 
both of them are kind of stopgap deals. I would, I mean, look, Geno Smith, I think there's still a chance, by the way, the Seahawks could draft a quarterback and Anthony Richardson could be that guy. If you take Anthony Richardson, let him sit for a couple years, let Geno Smith play for two years, and then Anthony Richardson plays, that might be the best case scenario for a guy like him. So quarterback's still in play there. I don't love Geno Smith. I don't love Derek Carr. Again, I go back to what I always say. They're just guys, if they have that good season, fine. That's great, but you can't count on it being sustainable. Let me go back to wrap this up with the first thing that Lauren asked you. Um, what do you think's going to happen? I, I'm going to ask you to predict right now. Do you think it's the Colts that go up there and get the Bears pick? Because that's kind of what I think. Do you think it's Stroud if they do? Um, I, I just My gut tells me someone's going to think Young's too small to be 1-1. If you uh, if I had to predict, I'd predict Colts to one and Stroud. What would you predict? I guess that's what I'm asking. Yeah, I think that's one to keep an eye on. Also, think you know, there's also the chance of Houston, the Texans, going to one because they're fearful of somebody else, you know, jumping them. And in that case, I think it could be Young because I hear they like Young a ton. So if you're sitting there and you think, and you're the Texans, you think, oh no, they're going to get out of there and give somebody else the opportunity to go up and get who we might think would be Bryce Young then I'm going to go up and get it myself and not have to give up too much to do it and just ensure that I have my guy. So I think the Texans to go get Young is a possibility. The Colts to go get uh, Stroud or Levis. Remember, that's, that's that kind of style player. And then also uh, Carolina may be a possibility as well. All right. Pete, what's your favorite covering the players' memory? Yeah, How many did you cover? How many players? I probably did like three or four of them before I started doing just football. So uh, – I told, I've told this story before when they stuck me with the people missing the cut. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. yeah. And, and well, Phil Blackbar kind of looked down at me and what did one of those knock me into the next green? And he was a big man at that time. I mean, six seven is what Phil, he was. Hey, Phil, Pete Frisco <laughs> from the Times Union here in town. I know you don't want to talk about this, but you didn't make the cut and I'm doing a story on it. You know how that went. Get I out do. Of here, you but... little twerp. <laughs> Matt, Matt Hayes is here. Wave, wagging a finger, saying there's no way Prisco covered four players. Now, there's, so there's controversy on a Friday afternoon here, Pete. There were, Is that true? It might have, maybe it was three. Yes, I did. Of course I did. I, I was the side member because we all had to do it, Frank. We all had to do it. <laughs> uh, Pete Prisco from CBSSports.com. By the way, Pete, by the way yeah. one last thing. I was probably – Drunk more at the players than I was working at it because I went a lot of years. I went a lot of years when I didn't have to work, so I can say that with one hundred percent certainty. That's the way to do it. I'm right with you, Pete. Thanks, buddy. Have a great weekend, my man. See see you you. guys. All right, Pete Prisco checking in from CBSSports.com. One more time. On April 11th, Roy Robertson Harris from 6 to 8 will be signing autographs at Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles. That is a big deal. He's a fantastic player. Boy, Showtime brings in the good ones, don't they? They do a fantastic job of that. Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles will be uh, having Roy Robertson Harris there on April 11th from 6 to 8. You can get tickets in advance. He'd love to meet you. He's a good guy, and he's a fantastic player. We sure appreciate our friends from uh, Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles. Back in a moment, we're live at the Players. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Back to more of Big Chief Tire Friday on The Frangie Show. Family owned since 1961. It's Big Chief Tire. You know, well, I'm a chicken fried. 
Cold beer on a Friday night, a pair of jeans that fit just right, and the radio. You know, when you hear that, we're coming up on closing time. I think the rain has kind of stopped. We didn't get a monsoon. We got a little rain. Let's go play 17. Let's go play right now. Yeah. Okay. I think I have some golf balls from uh, Noble. That's right. So, uh, don't have any sticks. We'll figure that out. Wouldn't that be funny? These guys just run out there. Hey, yeah. are those guys playing 17? <laughs> <laughs> those those guys from 1010 out there playing 17? I always leave some clubs in the bushes. <laughs> just in case. Yeah, yeah, we'll get those. Just in case. Uh, all right. Uh, Norn's got news and notes to close the program in about 10 minutes. Uh, as we sit here right now, Gibby, put your headset on right now. Let's uh, even for people that haven't been listening to every update. I think most have. Give us an update on on kind of where the where the day stands here, Gib. Uh, so uh, play was suspended this afternoon at 4:27. That's when Lawrence said, "I think that's the horn that just sounded," and that's exactly what happened. Uh, round two resumes tomorrow morning at seven. Uh, the entry gates will open at 6:45 as scheduled. Christian Bezadenhout, Adam Svensson are tied for the lead at eight under par. But Bezadenhout four under through 14. Svensson, four under through 11. That's where we stand right now. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, you know, it's an interesting day today. Even before the rain came, Hayes, you got the sense that the wind, the, the overcast, it, it felt like a day it was going to be harder today, didn't it? It wasn't going to be – yesterday played easy by this course's standards. It's never easy. Uh, and you had a hunch it wasn't going to be the case today. Yeah, the players that went out Thursday morning took advantage of the course, and we saw that. And then the afternoon guys sort of struggled as a group. And so you figured that that would flip today. And the the Friday morning collective just did not really take advantage of the course or, or it just wasn't there like it was Thursday morning. The scores were much more uh, in check and, and in some cases ghastly. Uh, compared to what we had seen Thursday morning. And, uh, and, you know, the only advantage in that is if you survived it, if you're sitting in the, in the top 15 right now and you've completed your second round, that's an advantage. You don't know exactly when you're playing tomorrow, but you know it's not going to be crack of dawn. You've completed your second round, so now you can kind of sit back, uh, collect yourself, get some extra rest, and let – you know, Friday afternoons players, I don't think anybody in the Friday afternoon completed. Uh, so, I, I, in I fact, I, so. I can say for a fact they didn't because these rounds are taking five, five and a half hours. So, um, so basically you have the entire Friday afternoon uh, group that's got to finish. Uh, then, obviously, you'll have to reflight and, and get Saturday going. And if you're uh, in one of the last four or five uh, pairings, then obviously you're not teeing off until you know pretty well into the day on Saturday. So, uh, so anyway, I think that's of an, an advantage for the players that uh, are up there that, that have completed. They're they're going to have a little less chaos over the next 24 hours. But uh, but yeah, it's it's you know it's 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 unfortunate. But they're they're never at this time of year they're never going to complete the first round or the second round even in pristine conditions, because there's just not enough daylight. You can't put the players out here until about 6.50 in the morning, and that leaves you with less than 12 hours of daylight. You just can't get 144 players through in, in that amount of time. It's, it's, a, it's one of the uh, elements of moving it from May to March. Is you're, just, you're always going to have your first, second round is, I would say, never going to be completed. Uh, because you just don't have the the sunshine now. Daylight savings time is this weekend, correct? So, yep. correct. Uh, you yep. know, we'll we'll have a little bit extra 
uh, for Sunday. But uh, but yeah, I would think tomorrow if if you're a player that if if you know you're high up on the leaderboard and you've got to come back out tomorrow morning, that's tough. You've got to finish around. You then have to wait around for or you know go back to to wherever you're staying for probably five or six hours and then get called back for what I'm assuming is going to be about a four o'clock tea time. Yeah, I would think right now your golfer, Jason Day Hayes, is sitting in really good shape because he was able to finish today. He is sitting at four under. By the way, the Valspar is next weekend in Palm Harbor. Can the players in the Valspar just switch weekends? And then that way, I understand that's March Madness going on during the players, but then at least it's daylight savings the entire week, and then we are able to finish these rounds and, and then hopefully uh, without you know yeah. sort of any weather delays. Yeah, I don't know if the people in Tampa would like that, but this is a bigger event. Absolutely. This is a bigger event. Yeah, Valspar, sorry, you got to move up a week. Yeah, that's a great golf That's Copperhead, by the way. It's a great golf course. Yeah. It's one of, the, one of the great golf courses. That's what I've heard. Out there. Hey, quick question. I hope, Lauren, I'm not stealing one of your news and notes, so I apologize if I if am. If you are, I've got plenty. You're okay, good. good. Um, We're going to talk all about gymnastics for one I love it. Second. I love it. I love it. It's what I do. Um, but, Hayes, let me ask you. Darius Slay is seeking a trade. That He's been given permission to seek a trade. That is a spot where the Jags could have some interest, I think. Now, look, Darius Williams has been paid. Tyson Campbell's a budding star. I don't know how you would do inside, outside. Darius Williams was way better outside than when they put him inside. But it got my attention. Yours? Yeah, and I mean, maybe you could trade Darius Williams. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. maybe there would yeah. be some, some relief there. Uh, but He's I, a pretty good player, Darius Slay. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a pretty good, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's a pretty good player we're talking oh, about. Oh, I'd, I'd be very interested. Yeah. And yeah. depending on what the Eagles are, are looking for, but my guess is it's probably not going to be anything of – great consequence uh so um just because of where he is in his career and in in the contract so i i'd be all in favor of it i'd love to add him um i don't know how how realistic it'll be but i would actually absolutely be uh investigating that if i was trent balky so according to the story on espn the eagles have allowed slay's agent drew rosenhaus to seek a trade Slay did not ask to be traded. Okay. So okay. this, I think, is a very agent-driven thing, which we've talked about Rosenhaus throughout the show today and, and previously this week. So I think the Eagles are hoping that they can work something And out. so the Eagles are looking for some, some salary cap relief. Yeah, there. but I, I would think if, if Rosenhaus is asking for the trade, mm -hmm. I would imagine he's asking for it on Slay's behalf. Yeah, that's it, right. Unless Slay has come out on social and, and refuted the report or something. But you know, Rosenhaus isn't going to do that unless – he and Slay have had a conversation, and, and then Rosenhaus goes to the team and says, hey, we'd like, him, you know, we'd like to yeah. pursue a trade. There aren't many positions out there where I would be very interested in anybody released. We talked about I think Braxton Berrios is a really good return guy, but we got a damn good one here who I think is better. Uh, Adam Thielen, I think Adam Thielen, I think, has got some football left in him. He's a nine-year veteran. I think he's a good possession receiver, but we don't need receivers here. So there's not many receivers. I mean, James Robinson's out there, been there, done that. There's not guys out there that certainly have piqued my interest. But Slay's the one that would. And, that's, and again, I, and I don't think I'm not sure trading for a player is where the Jaguars necessarily are. But of all the guys we've seen, that's the one that would interest me a bit. See, I was more a little bit interested in Frank Clark. Like, it, I'm willing to add players at that position on the defensive line to upgrade the pass rush however we can get it at that you know again to me this team's deficiency was a lack of pass rush not necessarily the secondary but maybe yeah, ne you. maybe next gen stats would say that it was a worse secondary than it was pass that's rush. a good point though i mean you're you're right if you asked me one spot 
I'd say I'd say edge. I'd say edge, but I just again the slay thing got my attention today, so that's what happened. Let's take a break. One segment to go. Lauren's going to wrap our program with news and notes. That's after this on Ten Ten XL and ninety two point five FM. Back to more of a Big Chief Tire Friday on the Frangie Show. Big Chief Tire with four locations on the First Coast to serve you. Our final pair of tickets to give away to go see Slightly Stupid on Friday, September 1st at Daly's Place is right now. Be caller number two at 641-1010. Caller number two, you will be a wise man to win those tickets, but if you don't win them, you can buy them at dailysplace.com. Again, the concert comes up Friday, September 1st. Slightly Stupid is coming with Sublime with Rome, Atmosphere, and The Movement. There was just a blockbuster trade, Frank. The Bears are trading the number one overall pick to the Carolina Panthers for the ninth pick, the 61st pick, a first-round pick in 2024, a second-round pick in 2025, and wide receiver DJ Moore. Congratulations, Bears or Panthers? Yeah, well, I I, got to tell you, it it makes me think that I'm just guessing here. I think Anthony Richardson's in play. I, I don't. I'm not telling you. I'm definitively decided. I think they're going to draft Anthony Richardson, but Carolina is going to take a quarterback. We know it's one of. Uh, with all due respect to my friend Pete Prisco, I don't think it's Will Levis. So I think it's one of three guys. I think it's Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson. If you ask me to guess, I'd probably say Young, but I think Anthony Richardson is, is squarely in play here. I think it's Bryce Young. Um, I think my guess is Carolina was sitting there at nine and saying, "Look." All four of these guys could be gone by the time uh, we're on the clock. We've got to move up, and if we're going to move up, let's go get the guy that we feel like is the best, and I think that's going to be Bryce Young. I think, you know, Frank Reich being a quarterback, I think he's going to look at Bryce Young as the one that he wants to mold. And so, uh, you know, look, I mean, a lot of people make, you know, uh, obviously talk about Bryce Young's size. Nick Saban didn't have a problem with it, and, uh, and, and he's one of the most respected football minds uh, that we've ever seen. So my guess is this is Bryce Young to Carolina. I would – it's funny. I think I'm going to go – I think it's C.J. Stroud to Carolina right. just because of the size issues like we've talked about with Young for so Wouldn't long. Shot but me. Wouldn't but shot honestly, me. I mean, it, the betting favorite has been Bryce Young for so long. Nick Saban came out this week, and I think he – it's not that he was necessarily taking a shot, Hayes and Anthony Richardson, but he basically said, yeah, I understand a guy being 6'4", 225, who makes the throws sometimes. My guy has been making every throw the entire time he's been a starter. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I think – Ultimately, that's what it's going to come back to. Bryce Young has the most exceptional film, uh, shows the most exceptional savvy for the position, and uh, ultimately, I think he's going to go one to Carolina. And so, uh, look, I mean, I commend the Panthers. It's a lot to give up, as you knew it would, moving up from 9-1. to one. Uh, They give up a, a talented player in D.J. Moore, uh, who will be great for Justin Fields in Chicago. And the Bears now at 9, you know, are, are obviously still going to get – uh, what should be a very good prospect might not be an elite prospect. Uh, they're probably now out of obviously Will Anderson, Jalen Carter is hard to predict, but I would imagine Jalen Carter still goes uh, in the first eight picks. But again, if Chicago obviously has decided we're sticking with Justin Fields, well, if four quarterbacks come off the board in the first eight picks, which I think is very likely now, okay, so Carolina's looking at, I mean, Chicago's looking at the fifth best non-quarterback in the draft, that, that should be a, a really quality talent 
uh, to help build up their nucleus. And then, obviously, they get the second-round pick. They get a 24 mm-hmm. first-round pick. So uh, it's a great trade for the Bears. Uh, you know, I, I think it's more of a win for the Bears than the Panthers just because I'm not sure that any of these four quarterbacks are going to be great. Uh, but I, I do like the idea of Carolina saying we're not going to stay here at nine and, and end up with nobody. Let's go get the best guy. You know what I do like? That if it is Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, two guys who I think are really good players, at least one of them is not going to the division. That's what I do like. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I was very fearful we could look up and Bryce Young is in Houston and C.J. Stroud is in Indianapolis. I, I was very fearful and I and I I might be wrong, but I think they're gonna. If Bryce Young's healthy, I think they're both gonna be good NFL players. I, I really do. I, I I so I'm assuming they're not taking Richardson. One of those two guys is not going to the division. That's that, what I like. That's right, and yeah, and that's outstanding. So, I you now you're looking at a probable combo of, I would think C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson, or. or Possibly Will Levis, yeah. but I would think uh, it seems to me that Richardson's moved past Levis. I feel I would now I would now be surprised. Yeah, yeah, if Levis went ahead of Richardson. Yeah, I, or, I, or I I don't think we're going to see that all that often. And again, that's not yeah. so much a combine thing. Is is I just think yeah. as people have have seen more. I think yeah, I think people now look at it as I, I think Richardson. To me, they're both kind of upside traits picks. Yeah. Well, if you're going to make an upside traits pick, why wouldn't you take the one with way more upside? Yeah, and and to the combine, Richardson did slay that combine. And Levis, I, I never, I didn't walk away from there thinking Levis turned any heads. We know Anthony did. So, so yeah, we'll see. So, just to clarify, Hayes, if you were the Panthers GM, you would take Bryce Young number one overall. Yes. And hey, and Frank, you would take C.J. Stroud number one overall. I would take C.J. Stroud number one overall. Where I'm you? really torn on that. I think Bryce Young is is probably the better player, but I probably would take Stroud because I am worried about the size. So I probably, but I would be really, really, really torn on it. For some reason, I feel like the Colts want C.J. Stroud. I, I just find myself thinking the Colts want C.J. Stroud. I don't. I may be dead wrong on that. I just find myself thinking. I don't know why I even think that. It just feels that way to me. Um, I would probably go Stroud because. He, to me, Lauren, I've said all along, he's the best combination of really good player like Young and good physical body that's not gonna, not likely to get hurt unless something freak happens. And we won't see the Bears, not the Bears, the Texans or the Colts now try and trade with the Panthers to move up to number one. Correct. This Car- is locked in. No, Carolina's picking yeah. number one pick. overall. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 who, by the way, who picks third? Arizona. Correct. The Cardinals. I'll now keep an eye on that. Sure. I think you now keep an eye on that. Raiders, now, like, moved to three right. to get yeah, out of the yeah. Colts. You, you, you now, if you now know that, that Carolina and Houston are picking one and two and they're both likely taking quarterbacks, it now now I am interested to see if if somebody makes a move here. If somebody, so it'll be yeah, I think today was good for the Texans because right. now they know the Colts aren't moving past them. So, at least they know they're definitely drafting a quarterback. All right, uh, time now for best bet what to watch. Um, make it easy for you. Sunday afternoon, about 5 o'clock, 4 o'clock, when they're coming to the back nine here in Sawgrass, that's what you watch. I can't wait to watch it. I'll probably be watching it on TV, to be honest. I'll be out here tomorrow a great deal. There's a chance I'll come out early Sunday, but I won't be here in the afternoon. I like watching it on TV. That's the best bet what to watch. The Run Good Poker Series, by the way, makes a stop at the best bet. Jacksonville, March 23rd through April 2nd. 
There's $80 No Limit Hold'em satellites this week at Best Bet Jacksonville uh, into that, uh, that March 11th Run Good Mega Satellite event. All kind of fun stuff going on, so you want to head to the Best Bet. Tomorrow, the high 70 degrees mm-hmm. and beautiful sunshine. Sunday, the high of 80 degrees. Ooh. Also beautiful sunshine, maybe partly cloudy on Sunday. So certainly much better weather than what we are experiencing right now. Uh, unfortunately, play was suspended for today, but it will resume tomorrow morning. All right, Hayes, Miami Dolphins picked up Tua Tungavailoa's fifth-year option, I guess as a vote of confidence for the quarterback who often has concussions. Yeah, and look, I, I think it's a big vote of confidence because if he gets injured, it's uh, it's guaranteed. They can't they can't renounce it. So uh, Miami's in a in an interesting spot. You know, you keep hearing the the Tom Brady, Tom Brady, uh, but Tua played really well, and, and and that is a dilemma. I mean, I, it's not a dilemma for me. If if I was the Dolphins and I could get Tom Brady, I would absolutely do it, and I would tell Tua, "You're going to learn from Tom Brady for a year." Mm-hmm. But uh, but again, you go back to Tua's passer rating was simply phenomenal. Uh, it's just a question of can he stay healthy and. Uh, but I, I understand why the Dolphins would go ahead and pick it up, and they probably learned a lesson from the New York Giants who didn't pick up Daniel Jones's fifth-year option and ended up spending a ton more on him yep. uh, going into 2023 because then they had to work out the extension that was obviously $40 million a year. You, you know what happened? Draft season started today. Yep. Draft season just started. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's been free agent season. It's been combine season. Uh, draft season draft season started today. They just now it's on. We have officially arrived in college basketball. Georgetown Frank parted ways with Patrick yeah. Ewing after six seasons and just one NCAA tournament berth. Rick Pitino and Mike Bray among possible targets to replace him. What what is what was they what were they in the in the league this year? Do you have their record? I think they were like six and twenty. And in the it league, was, like yeah, it one was not win. very good. They won like brutal. one game in the yeah. league. I think. By the way, is Rick Pitino eighty seven yeah. or yeah. eighty nine? <laughs> you know what? By the way, Georgetown was two and eighteen in two the and, conference. Two and eighteen. Two and eighteen in the league. Um, and by Rick the way, Pitino is seventy. He's just seventy. Yeah, He's young. Way, dang young. <laughs> and the, uh, I, I, uh, I'd love to see Patino get that job. That's oh, yeah. where he belongs. Oh, sure. He's his Big East. You know what? You know who doesn't want to see that? The rest of that dang Big East. Yeah. I promise you, Patino land. That's a yep. sorry, Mike Bray. That, 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 by the way, they should hire him by the time. When, when are we get off the air? Thirteen minutes. Rick Patino <laughs> should be hired by the time we get off the air, shouldn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Patino to George sounds perfect. Oh, yeah. There's never been anything more perfect than that. I it agree. It should happen right now. Uh, ESPN college basketball analyst Dick Vitale turned down CBS Sports uh, invitation to call at least one NCAA tournament game because of his loyalty to ESPN. He's been with the network since 1979. Isn't that great? You know what? And good. And good. By the way, good on both. Good on CBS for offering. You're the you're the ambassador of college basketball. We want to offer you the opportunity to be part of this. And good on Dick Vitale for saying, you know, I'm going to be loyal to the guy that's been loyal to me. But I, I, that was that's good on both sides, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Love Dickie V. Me too. All right, college gymnastics. Ooh. Well, mainly just Florida gymnastics, let's be honest. Quad meet in Denver on Sunday, Sunday at 2 p.m. So this will be recorded for me because I'll be watching the players. All right. Florida taking on Texas Women's University, number 25 University of Wisconsin, North Carolina State University, all on Sunday at 2 p.m. Uh, the question, of course, being who will Jenny Rowland sit? Uh, we'll certainly find yeah. out. But the much bigger meet next Saturday is the SEC Championship in Duluth, Georgia. So wow. still waiting to find out if Florida's in the afternoon or the evening as far as it's either 3.30 or 8 o'clock uh, in Duluth, well, Georgia. That, so there you go. Well, what you said isn't really the only question. Yeah, <laughs> very true. <laughs> it's my only question that I want to answer. It's not the only question. Even though I can't answer it right There's now. There's one other question. Carl Lyon. Yeah. I was <laughs> 
how we look on the beam. Sorry. Because you got jet lag. I mean, <laughs> this isn't Denver. Sometimes I make myself <laughs> laughing when I'm all that funny. It just kind of happens. I hope that we look all good right. on the beam because those are teams that we should absolutely beat uh, right. on the beam, the bars, the vault, and the right. floor. Okay. Let's, uh, can we say hello to Rick Ballou? Let's do it. Let's say hello to Rick Ballou. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL rolling with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Baloo, the big blockbuster has happened, bro. Oh, oh I know. It's, it's the Panthers. We wondered who it would be. The Carolina Panthers are moving up to number one. Yeah, and it's really great news. I mean, I'm not overly impressed with any one of these QBs that's going to go high, but, you know, that just pushes down uh, at least from quarterback one to quarterback number two uh, to either Indianapolis or Houston. You know, I still think there could be some more maneuvering. We'll see what ends up happening when it's all said and done. But you got to believe Carolina's moving up uh, to get Bryce Young unless it could be the shock of Anthony Richardson. We have 40 mi- uh, 49 more days to to figure that out but you know these mock drafts they become so enhanced over the years i've never seen so many mock drafts this year that have all of this trading i i remember all the good old days where they used to you know stay with the team in the pick that's no longer the case yeah you're exactly right but i, I will tell you draft season has begun and my thought was the same thing you said rick what i do know now is that, that i'm pretty I, my guess is it could be richardson but richardson straub or bryce young one of them are not going to be in our division. I love the fact that it might be Young and Stroud, so I'm, I'm very excited about that. So there you go. Uh, Rain out here. What's coming up on the program tonight for Mr. Chubby's? Well, I've moved from where I'm supposed to be right there next to you, yeah, the little yeah. tag team. Uh-uh. I, I, and I'll say this. Everyone who was around 17, they're here at Mr. Chubby's <laughs> in Ponte Vedra. This place is absolutely ah, packed. But, I mean, it's a great atmosphere. I mean, you know, there's 40 television sets that surround this restaurant. It's right here off of A1A. Uh, great beer specials, including Miller Lite. I'm going to share that with you right at the top of the show. But uh, great food and, and, and just uh, everyone out here smiling, uh, despite the fact that, once again, uh, play was canceled today because of weather. Hopefully, they'll be able to complete the second and third round coming up on Saturday. All right, Rick Ballou goes into the night. Comes up in just a bit. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Frank. All right. That'll do it for our program. Give me a nice workout here, brother. Good to have you on the on location with us for a change. Yep. Yeah, it's been fun. I'll be out here tomorrow and Sunday as well. All right. And Dylan, great work back in the studio as well. We appreciate you, folks. That's our program. But don't go anywhere. You just heard Rick Ballou. He's up next on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. For Hayes, Lauren, and Gibby, and Dylan, I'm Frank Frangie. So long.